Welcome to the Decoy Doggers podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Homer Janes. I uh, I figured this first podcast, what we would do is kind of go through a background of uh, my experiences in decoy dogging and uh, how I got started. There's also quite a few questions that were asked on the Facebook group um, about decoy dogging. So I'll go through some of those. So stay tuned. Coyote coming in. All right, well, I figured on this podcast, I'd just kind of go through a background of myself a little bit um, and the how I got into decoy dogging um, and then go through a few of the questions that were asked on the Facebook group. Um, so my vision, first of all, for this podcast is to uh, get multiple decoy dog guys on here because let's be honest, we all do it a little bit differently. We all use different dogs. We all hunt different country. And uh, so I, I really want to get uh, perspectives from multiple people because I've said many, many times I'm far from the best decoy dogger. Uh, and I have a lot to learn myself. Um, so I'm looking forward to this podcast. Uh, but like I said, for this one, I think what I'll do is I'll just go through a little bit of my history. Um, so again, my name's Homer Janes. I uh, grew up in southern Idaho. I'm still in southern Idaho in the Twin Falls area. Um, and my first coyote hunting experience, <laughs> I remember, I, I don't remember, I couldn't, I couldn't have been more than 13, 14 years old. But um, I had, I have family members who own, and at that time they owned um, a, a ranch um, in between uh, Twin Falls and Nevada. And I was out visiting uh, one of my cousins out there, and he said, uh, "Hey, let's go, let's go see if we can call in some coyotes." So we grabbed a couple of hand calls, had had our twenty twos is all we had at that time, um, and we we jumped in the old ranch pickup and we went uh, calling coyotes. And I remember on that first stand, uh, we were up on kind of a ridge, we could see out over a great big flat. And uh, we we for sure called in two coyotes. Unfortunately, those 22s, just uh, range limited, obviously, is anybody that knows anything about a 22. Pretty range limited, and as well as you got to hit them just right. Uh, we didn't hit those coyotes. We couldn't get them in closer than about 120 yards or so. Uh, but that was my first coyote calling experience. And, um, of course, I had hunted before. You know, I'd killed a couple of deer by then and uh, a lot of ground squirrels, things of that nature. But that was that was my first called coyote. Uh, when I got into decoy dogging, I'd, I'd done some coyote hunting. I mean, mainly during the winters. Uh, but I was talking to my cousin, a different cousin, uh, who had a couple of blackmouth curs, and he was decoying with them. Uh, he got into it. He was watching some videos. He's he was a you know hunter, a big outdoorsman, and and um, he was watching some videos and saw these decoy dogs, and he decided to get into it. So he had a couple of of uh, dogs. He had a, a male and a female, Riker and Little Ann, 
um, and he was decoying with him. So he kind of introduced me to it. I never went with him, but just talking to him about it, um, I decided to get a dog. My first dog was a, he was a mountain cur and a Australian shepherd cross. Um, when I picked him up, he was, I don't remember, he was nine, ten months old, something like that. And, you know, I, I, well, back up, before, before I got this dog, um, of course, I did uh, some, you want to call it research? Call it research. But I got on YouTube. I remember seeing Les Johnson and his dog Gunner. Um, that was the first video that popped up when uh, when I when I looked it up and that interaction that Gunner had when when uh, he grabbed a, a uh, he and a coyote got locked up and and got on the fight and I thought man that's that's just that's cool I that's the interaction you don't see when you're out coyote calling like I said I'd done some coyote calling but but never anything real serious but and never saw that kind of action so like I said I, I ended up getting Yodi um, is what the name of that that uh, dog was and he was a little bit uh, neurotic and psychotic and ADD and OCD I don't know he was nuts he I, I couldn't ever get him to uh, to quit running animals um, he just it didn't matter if it was deer antelope coyotes jackrabbits even with a tracker trainer collar, he'd run through it, and I just couldn't get him to uh, to decoy. Um, he uh, he he was he was a little bit nuts, honestly. But uh, I ended up picking up my next dog as a pup. She was uh, I got her at eight weeks old. Her name I named her Coda. Uh, Hoots Little Lakota was her registered name, but she was registered Blackmouth Cur, and. Uh, Started her when she was, uh, I started taking her when she was probably five, six, seven months old, somewhere in there. Um, I still had Yodi, who was a nut job. Uh, so we didn't actually really do any decoying per se. But when Coda was right around a year old, I first, I saw my first good decoy. Um, she went out, it was, this is actually just behind my house. Um, I heard some coyotes uh, yipping one night. So I thought, well, I'm going to take the dogs over and see what we can do. So I grabbed the gun, grabbed the call, uh, got the dogs out of the kennel, and, and we crossed the canal and, and uh, went out in the brush and and started calling a little bit. And as soon as I turned the call in, two coyotes blew out of there. This is before I really uh, understood maybe start a little quieter with the call. Um, in the beginning, and and I've heard other podcasts say, uh, just turn it on. But uh, but in my opinion, I always I've gotten to the point now where I start a little quieter for the first forty five seconds on the call. But uh, anyway, blew these two coyotes out, and Coda and Yodi went after both of them. Yodi went after the the lead one. Um, that dog he could outpace a coyote. He was he was fast. He was quick. He couldn't out he couldn't run one down like a greyhound might, but he could outpace him. Coda was a little bit slower and was kind of after the the back coyote. Well, of course I'm pissed off at Yodi because he's running the front one and just I can't get him to turn around. Well, I hit the beeper, the tracker trainer that you know to to tone Coda back. She turned around, and came back in. And that coyote, son of a gun, followed her right back in. And I thought, holy crap. Of course, at this point, I went after that coyote came back in, 
I killed it right away. And um, I, I, again, wasn't very experienced yet. And uh, it's been expressed on, on some of the chats and whatnot that I'd, I've had with some other guys that are new. They've got that same same uh, same temptation just to shoot it the first time it comes back in. <coughs> well, that's what I did. I uh, shot that coyote, knocked it down at like 60, 65 yards. And, uh, and that was uh, the first actual decoyed coyote that I, I had come in. Um, and uh, of course Coda went back out to it and she she was a gritty gritty dog and uh this first time you know we'd killed I'd killed the uh, coyotes in front of her before but never decoyed they just called in and, and shot them and whatever but um uh she sniffed it and immediately she jumped into that coyote it was dead I mean it was a one-shot kill but she jumped into it and you know started shaking it and I thought okay I might have something here and that was the beginning of it. <clears throat> you know, the more experience I got, the the and the more information I gathered, um, the more uh, I realized: don't shoot that coyote too early. Let that action happen. If they come in once, likely they're going to come in a second time, and likely they're going to come in a third time. Um, after a little bit, you can kind of read a coyote, and um, you can kind of see when they're done decoying, and that's kind of when you need to take them, um, or if you get them so attached you know if you got a pair coming in you get them so attached to the dogs that uh that you know that if you pull the trigger that second one will come back anyway that was my first experience it's been that i think that was in 2014 so it's i've only been decoying for nine ten years um yeah it was either 2013 2014 something like that so I've really only been at this uh, not nearly as long as, as maybe even some listening on the podcast. Um, and again, that's why I want to get other guys on here because I know there's a lot of guys with a lot more experience, um, possibly a lot better dogs than mine, and for sure uh, just just more knowledgeable than I am. Uh, but that, that was my first experience. So Coda, I had her for, I, I actually just had to put her down this last winter um sad day but uh i've had uh, quite a few dogs since um i've sold some 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 dogs i started one i or i i sold a i wouldn't have called him finished but i would have called him uh, a pretty dang experienced um he was a male that i bred dakota and got a couple of litters out of that time i i had uh sold my property and I was living with uh, my cousin until I picked up the current property that I'm in and I just couldn't handle that many dogs so I went ahead and sold Dodger uh, to a guy down in Utah and uh, anyway uh, otherwise you know I've sold some pups I've, I've trained some other dogs and you know gone through a few dogs but uh, right now I'm running two more blackmouth curs um, Rip who's two and a half years old and Skade, who's a little over two years old. And Skade actually just had her first litter back in January. This is, what is it? It's June now. Had her first litter. Uh, had eight pups. Actually had nine, but lost one at birth. So she's back at it because she's, uh, you know, the pups have been weaned for a long time now. But uh, Rip and Skade are going good. They've become a real good team. Rip is, is uh, by far the better decoy dog right now. Uh, and I'm not, I'm not sure if if that's just because of the litter or whatnot but 
So here's some things that I've noticed about decoy dogs, or at least these blackmouth curs. It really takes a year to 15 months to get them going. And I think that's a maturity thing on the dogs. Um, I think it's just, uh, you know, a young, young dog doesn't want to go get its butt kicked. Um, now, I've had some that are a little bit more gritty and are a little bit more willing to jump in at eight, eight, ten months. And I've got, I've got two pups right now that are just absolute ornery buggers with each other. And they fight all the time. And I keep having to jump in and separate them. But they, um, but if I had them out on coyotes right now, you know, they're what, five, six months, five months old right now. If I had them out on a coyote, they wouldn't do anything. In fact, they'd, they'd be a little bit shy of it. And they'd probably go sniff it, you know, once it was dead. But um, but they're not going to jump in the middle. Or, and I don't want them to, honestly. They're just too small and they get hurt. So some of the questions that have been asked, uh, let's start with dog selection first. I Again, I like these black mouth curs, okay? And I know that there's a lot of guys that use a lot of different breeds and styles and, and whatnot. I like the blackmouth cur. The blackmouth cur was a frontier dog. Um, you know, they're they're closely related to the to the the mountain curs, um, the Catahoula dog. They they were all frontier dogs, bred for specifically for here in the U.S. for coming out west and 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 being on the frontier. You know, in in uh, in uh, Arkansas and in Louisiana, whatever. But uh, they're frontier dogs. They're, they were bred for hunting, protection, livestock, you know, working. They're a very versatile dog. Um, they've got, uh, they seem to have, I don't know what their exact breeding is, but they seem to have some hound in them. Um, like my blackmouth curs, they have great big ears. They have great noses. Man, ripple, cold nose, dang near any track. And, and that's part of why I like the blackmouth curs as well, is because I can drop them on a, on a you know running coyote that that uh, maybe we hit and wounded and boy he'll put his nose to the ground and he'll stick that track um, until I either pull him off or we find it. He's not just a sight dog. He's uh, he's uh, definitely a nose dog too. So I like that about him for the recovery purposes. Okay. Now you know you don't always want a dog with his nose to the ground. You want one that's going to look up and look at a coyote um, and go out on a coyote when they see it as well but i want one that'll drop his nose to the ground grits big big time important for me when i select a dog i, w I want a dog that just as ornery you know as a pup i i've always said you can you can rein aggression back but you can't ever teach aggression in a dog so i would ra much rather have a, a dog that's over aggressive to begin with because i feel like i can rein that aggression back uh, a lot of people don't understand in the the decoy what it is is some people call it a cat and mouse game, but but really what it is is that coyote is territorial of of its ground, right? Whether it's its den, whether it's its mate, whether you know whatever, uh, it's territory. It's territorial of that. Well, the dog in reverse is territorial of you. He's there to protect you. In his mind, when they first start out. They're there to protect you. They're they're there to, to keep coyotes away from you. Um, but you need to teach them not to run them all the way out. Okay, you, they can push them, you know, uh, a couple hundred yards or whatever. But they need to to know that a couple hundred yards is far enough, and then come back. And so uh, 
when in a in my opinion a dog when they first start all they're trying to do is keep that coyote away from you uh, the hunter <clears throat> so that's kind of the game the coyote's trying to keep that dog out of its territory the dog's trying to keep that coyote away from you uh, when you teach them to come back and forth eventually they actually get the cat and mouse game but initially it's a territorial thing on both sides it's funny coda my old dog she used to she got to the point as she got older that she would go out once on a coyote to decoy and then she'd just come sit by me and wait for me to pull the trigger she knew that that was the job was just her job was to go out get the coyote to come in close and then she was going to come sit by me so if that coyote was only 30 yards away she wasn't going to go push it again she knew it was my turn to pull the trigger so that's why you know it was funny i had a couple of dogs obviously i'd take coda with me and then uh, have one or two other dogs with me really the other two dogs were doing the decoy in after that first push because coda was just she knew it was my turn to pull the trigger when the coyote was in so it was kind of funny but Anyway, so back to dog selection, the reason I like that blackmouth cur is because it, it's just such a versatile dog. It's, it's not like a hound that just wants to put his nose to the ground and run and run and run and run. It's hard to get it off until, uh, you know, until it trees something or, or, you know, something of that nature like, like most hounds do. But uh, there's a lot of guys that use different dogs. I'm not saying blackmouth cur is the best breed to use or the only breed to use. Because there are some guys, as you know, if you've seen any other kinds of videos or whatnot, there's herding breeds. Uh, there's guys using healers in the herding breeds. Um, uh, they're using Australian shepherds. I've even seen guys with collies um, doing decoying. Uh, I've seen working breeds out there. You know, I've seen the, uh, I can't remember, it looks like a King Crusoe cross is what it looks like that's out there decoying um there's terriers out there and there's terrier cross guys so like i said the herding there's a lot of those uh, idaho shags out there um that are that are i don't know if they're technically a herding breed or if they're because they have terrier mix in them but they've also got some australian shepherd or some some uh, uh, kelpie in them you know there's a guy that uses kelpies um, and has a lot of success with Kelpies. There's also guys I've seen use GSPs out there. There's, there's a theory that any dog will work. And I think to an extent there's, that's true. Okay. Because again, if a, a dog has any sort of territorial sense or protective nature towards you, the, the hunter, um, they're going to, they're going to uh, push a coyote away or they're going to try to run a coyote off or, or whatever. Um, I do think that there's certain dogs and, and even not just breeds, but, but dogs, specific dogs that will pick up the game and pick up the action better and quicker. Um, because again, even in the black mouth cur breed, I've, I've had a couple of dogs that didn't work. They just didn't get it. And so I've had to move on from those dogs. Um, so it, they, they kind of worked, but they weren't what I was looking for. Again, there's there's multiple breeds, multiple dogs. The things that you want is you want a dog that is a that has territorial traits towards you, has high prey drive, and in my opinion, like I said, that aggression. 
Uh, I actually kept a pup out of one of Coda's litters. This was probably six years ago. That dog, that pup, I could tell wasn't aggressive. Um, in fact, I've got one like that right now. Um, it's five months old that that uh, I think just needs to go to a pet home. But this first one, her name was Tink. She wasn't aggressive in the litter when she was little. She wasn't, you know, she was submissive. She wasn't, so I kept her. I didn't want to uh, sell her and represent her as a, you know, hunting dog with, with drive because I knew she wasn't. So I, I kept her. I, I wouldn't let her go to somebody. She actually became one of the better decoy dogs that I had as far as the decoy is concerned. Now, as far as, you know, finding a coyote or aggression on a coyote after if it's wounded, she didn't want anything to do with it, but she would decoy. So again, I, I wasn't really worried about it because I always hunted her with, with Coda. And Coda, I mean, boy, you, as soon as she, that gun rips, she was headed out right. She, even if she didn't see the coyote, she was headed out the way the gun was pointed. She, she was smart. And uh, she would dispatch most coyotes for me. She was very aggressive. In fact, she was so aggressive towards the coyotes. If uh, once the coyote was dead, uh, she wouldn't let the other dogs around it. She'd stand over it like it was hers, and you better not touch it. It's hers now. So anyway, yeah, dog selection, you want one that's going to listen. You want one that's going to come back. Like I said, that Yodi dog, oh, he frustrated the fire out of me because he'd just run coyotes. I ended up putting him down because he just, I never could get him to actually decoy. He'd just run him and run him and run him. His prey drive was too strong, and his, his brains just weren't there. He, he wouldn't come back. He wouldn't, uh, he just, he didn't have the brains for it, I don't think. So, yes, there is some traits that you need to make sure you have when looking for a dog. Uh, I also highly recommend getting, even though I said that most any dog will work, and there's that theory out there with, with a lot of guys, and I'm not going to disagree with it. Um, but I highly recommend getting a dog from somebody that is working their dogs, not just somebody that's selling it on Craigslist or Facebook or, or pound dog, you know, um, find somebody that's, that's built some aggression in their, in their lines. Um, or maybe they're not, they don't actually have their own lines, but they found two dogs that work really well. Like I said, that's kind of what mine are, I guess you could say. I found two that work really well, you know, breed them and, and are using them. Don't just find somebody that's just got dogs just to have dogs. Training aspect. I like, I like taking my dogs. I told you a little bit earlier that, um, you know, you don't want a five month old out there. He's not going to do month much, right? He's not going to do much at all. I still like taking them at five years year, or five months old, excuse me. Five months old is way too young for that pup to go out and run around loose. So what I do is I take some paracord and I make a, about a 20 foot lead. Um, and when we're walking into stand and we're walking out of stand, I just let it drag. I don't tie any loops at the end uh, so that it doesn't get uncaught on brush. On my country is a lot of brush sagebrush um you know big open country with you you try to find some some elevation some hills you don't i, I don't like hunting canyons or or deep gullies things of that nature uh, you know i want it i want it open with a little bit of elevation and rolling hill which means a lot of sagebrush out here if you got a knot tied in the end of that it's going to catch on sagebrush 
But if you just let it, you know, tie it to the dog's collar and let it slither through the, the brush, slides real nice. But then when we get on stand, you know, I'll figure out where I'm going to set my chair and, and my, my gun and whatnot. Go set the call up. And then I take that pup and I tether him behind me on a brush. And I can just tie a quick knot, you know, on the brush or on a rock or fence post or whatever it might be. And he's going to stay behind me. I don't want him to actually get to me because I don't want him in my lap. I don't want him out in front of the gun. I don't want him, but I want him there to be able to see what I'm seeing while we're hunting. And, of course, you know, usually I have a couple other dogs with me. Um, but if you're, even if you're starting out with a fresh dog, you know, this is your first pup, first time, you know, learning, whatever, I recommend you take that pup and you tether them behind you so they can see the action. They may, hopefully they see the coyote come in, hopefully they, but it's important not to get them out in front of that gun blast. And it's imp- very important. You don't let that, that pup get hurt. Okay. Now that being said, most coyotes, if, if you're calling in on a prey distress or something like that, they're going to try to win you. So there's a good chance they might come in from behind you. So in those situations, maybe call it a crosswind situation um, when you're first starting out. But then once they get, you know, seven, eight months old, they've seen a, a few uh, coyotes hit the dirt. Uh, because once, even after you, you shoot a coyote, usually that five-month-old pup, I'll, I'll um, untie from the brush when I go walk up on recovery, but I hold on to that tether just in case that coyote's wounded. Now, again, if I've got two experienced dogs, hopefully they've dispatched them by then, um, you know, found and dispatched them if it was wounded. That still doesn't always happen. You know, I've had some, some big old coyotes fight two dogs, even though he's, he's missing a back leg or something. Uh, I've had them fight hard and, and, uh, so you want to keep that pup on a tether. Um, so when you walk up that cut pop, that pup doesn't get, uh, torn up by a coyote, especially a big male. In fact, that the Dodger d- pup that I had, uh, that I told you earlier in the podcast that I, I sold the gentleman in Utah, he, uh, when he was eight months old, he got bit by a big male and it kind of set him back and, you know, he was showing a lot of promise, a lot of. But it kind of set him back uh, when he got bit by that male at eight, nine months. Um, and it took till he was about 14 months that he'd get back in, in the fight, you know, with Coda um, on a coyote. But uh, so it's very important not to let him get bit because it'll either set him back or maybe it'll shut him down completely. Uh, luckily, he didn't shut down completely. He became an awesome dog. But uh, anyway, he did slow him up there for, for five, six, eight months. Anyhow, uh, so once they're about eight months old, that's when I'll kind of let them off the tether um, to still try to hold them a little bit close. But they're not going to have the confidence yet to really get out there. Uh, they're going to bark at the coyote coming in. They're going to, but they're probably not going to push them. By pushing, I mean, I mean run out and try to run the coyote off. Like I said, at eight months old, you really don't want them to unless you've got other experienced dogs with them. That's the caveat here. Is that, uh, like I said, right now, if if my pups were eight months old, I'd let them run off with 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 uh, skate and rip because I I know rip will take care of them out there. Um, I wouldn't worry about it, and it's it's just different if you've got a couple of experienced dogs. But you don't have to have experienced dogs to start letting them go at eight months old. They're like I said, they're going to go out a little bit, but they're going to hold closer to you. They're not going to try to push coyote, and that's okay. 
I don't think they'll probably start trying to push coyotes until they're probably 14, 16 months old, depending on the breed that you get. Now, some of these terriers, again, I, I think a terrier has, especially these purebred terriers, have a little more prey drive than I want and not enough recall. Um, that's my opinion. Again, I'll, I'll get a terrier guy on here and, and we'll discuss that. But that's just my opinion on terriers. That's why I like the black mouth cur. They, they uh, might take them a little bit longer to get to the point where they're going to push a coyote, but they have uh, real good uh, recall on them. Recall meaning they're going to come back when I uh, hit the toner on my collar or whistle or whatever. That's another thing with this decoying, guys. I don't know how many times I've been out and maybe my toner's not working. I, you know, whether battery dead or, you know, whatever. I've whistled at my dogs. I've yelled at my dogs and got them to come back in. And those coyotes still come back in. I've shot, you know, the first coyote. And the coyote runs off. This is before I even I was shooting suppressed. Uh, shot the first one. The second one runs off. And they'll still come back in. This decoying has changed things. And now... We can talk about seasons here too, but um, it's just a it's a different thing, you know. Uh, but it's a super important to get your dog to recall. You want them to come back. If you tell them to come back, you you want them to come back. But you also want your dog to be a dog. My dogs have very little what what you call handle on them, right? They don't. Uh, if if you told them to sit, the only time I tell them to sit is when I'm putting a, a collar on them uh, for hunting. And they know that they have to, s- to sit there for 20 seconds while I get the collar strapped on them, and then we're rolling. They know, s- they, they know sit, they know come here, you know, come. They know load up in the pickup, and they know sick them. Uh, that's pretty much only things my dogs know. If you told my dogs to sit, they might drop their butt for about 10 seconds, and then they're running off. And I'm okay with that. You tell them to lay down, they're going to look at you like you're stupid, and they're going to go find whatever smell they just picked up. They know load up. They know let's go. They know come. They Like I said, they know the very basics. I want my dogs to be a dog. I don't want them looking at me for a command all the time. Because when I'm out there, <coughs> and there's a friend of mine that uh, it's actually Skade's, uh, this gal owns Skade's dad. Um, my, my female is Skade. And uh, when her dog was, was young, maybe a year, maybe a year and a half, we're on stand. And I, I finally had to tell her, I said, just let him be a dog. Just let him run around. Who cares? That's what we're here for. Just let him be a dog. Let him go out, smell, piss on things, scrape, bark, fart around, roll in the, the dead skunk they found. Let him go be a dog. When you're on stand, you want your dog to be a dog. Now, Again, Coda would sit by me even before we saw a coyote. She would sit there and look and scan. Is one of my I love that about Coda. She was seeing what I would see, and she was an extra pair of eyes for what I didn't see. Now Rip, you can't get him to sit anywhere. <laughs> he's out roaming and looking and searching. His nose is down, and and you know he's he's the roamer. Um, but Coda would sit by me. There's different types of dogs, but let them be what they're going to be. Okay. Don't try to make them something that they're not. Each dog is different and each dog has its own way of doing it. 
And once they figured out, Cody used to roam a little bit too, but once she figured out that, you know, um, that she could sit there by me because I'm probably on the best vantage point for looking, once she figured that out, she would sit right by me and just scan while that call's going. So, like I said, but she figured that out. I didn't teach her that. But let a dog be a dog when you're on stand. You don't want to be telling a dog or yelling a dog at a dog while you're, the call's going and you're waiting for a coyote to come in because the, the, the coyotes aren't locked onto the dogs yet. Like I said, when I have whistled at them or hollered at them to come back in on recall, um, it was well after, you know, plenty of actions already happened. So the coyotes are already hooked onto the dogs. Don't be afraid to let a dog be a dog on stand. Uh, what else do you guys want to know? Man, there's there's another question um, that was placed. That's the most, th- those are the most asked questions that we get, though, on the site. And there's a lot of information and guys answering, which I love on the Decoy Doggers podcast. Is we, it, it really seems like most of the guys um, are willing to answer a question and not be a smart ass about it. You know what I mean? Now, there are times where it's the same question over and over and over and over and over. And the response a lot of times is, well, scroll down and, and we've already answered this, yada, yada. But um, that's, I think those are the most uh, asked questions is what kind of dog? How do you train it? And, uh, and uh, I guess maybe season. Let's talk about seasons a little bit. <clears throat> Coyotes really only decoy from in my area let me let me preface this by saying in my area southern idaho northern nevada eastern oregon um you know western wyoming northern utah that's where i do my hunting okay so i can't speak for somebody in arkansas i can't speak for somebody in florida i can't speak okay so in my area okay i'll preface this coyotes really only decoy from january when they start pairing off uh, for mating season through August, September. I have had some decoy in early uh, October, but really September kind of kills it. Let me explain why. From October to January, coyotes are only trying to stay alive. That's it. They're not. They're not super territorial. They might get territorial over like a kill or a dead a dead pile or something like that. But really, they're just trying to stay alive. They're trying to survive the winter. They're not going to exert a bunch of energy to go run off, you know, a dog or something like that um, during those times. We're playing on the territorial sense of a coyote, and they're not nearly as territorial during that time. So once they start pairing off, you can start, uh, you know, using some coyote breeding sounds because maybe they're they're looking for a girlfriend or a boyfriend or they're not wanting you to impose on their current girlfriend or boyfriend that they just picked up that's when they start getting territorial once they've paired up and they're in breeding again they're territorial once they den up they're territorial once the pups are born they're super territorial once pups come out of the den they're extremely territorial and then once the pups are out of the den and playing around, you know, that's when their territorial will expand. Um, but they're, they'll be territorial right up until they kick the pups out uh, on their own, which is into September-ish. 
Now, so that means I've become a fair weather coyote hunter. I'm not going to lie. Um, it, it used to, my thought used to always be, well, I had to wait till fur came on. Had to wait till fur came on. Middle of, middle of October. Don't shoot a coyote till middle of October. And then they start rubbing, you know, January, February. Fur's no good. So quit hunting then. So, I mean, it limited my hunting to, what, three months maybe? Well, now I hunt coyotes all year round, but I primarily hunt it from, you know, middle of February until September, right? And I still go out October, November, and I almost always have a dog with me, but I don't let, I, I don't want that decoy action to happen. The first time I see a coyote, I'm going to try to take it down. Um, I'm not going to try to let the decoy action happen from, from October to, to first part, middle of January. Because I know as soon as they see the dog, they're going to run off and they won't come back in. Now, there are anomalies. You know, guys, I'm sure will say, oh, no, I have them decoy in December. That's great. And I'm not saying they won't. They are a lot less likely, severely less likely to decoy um, from October to to mid-January. In my area, again, don't know where you guys are at, um, but in my area, that's the experience. And I think most uh, decoy guys will back that up and say, yeah, that's that's pretty well what we've found as well. Again, there are some anomalies. Yep, I've had some that have been, you know, challenge barking my dogs in December. Not going to lie, but um, it's just far less likely during those times. So, guys, I want to hear your questions. I want you to uh, to give me your experiences. Like I said, I'm going to try to get a lot of guys on here and say, what do you do? How do you do it? What's your season like right now? What kind of dog are you running right now? How do you train? Because again, I'm not the best. I'm not the first for sure. In fact, that's funny. Um, when a friend of mine, he's probably 60, 70, I'll bet he's 70 years old. Uh, he was decoying 40 years ago and I didn't know about it. But he had a, a red healer dog that he was using for a decoy dog. Um, I think decoy dogging has gotten much more popular. And it's still not super popular. Um, but it's it's more popular than it used to be. It used to kind of be a government trapper or a you know very specific uh, group of people uh, were doing it. But uh, with the, the creation of YouTube, uh, of course, Facebook, you know, things of that nature, I think it's at least getting more known um, and, and somewhat more popular. Um, and so on this podcast, I do want to get, uh, some conversation going about, uh, about contests and why contests don't allow it, because I think it's rather funny because like I said, decoy dogs really don't work during winter when most contests are anyway, but it's funny to me that they specifically put it in the rules that no decoy dogs. Um, I, I like taking one during the winter, at least one dog during the winter for recovery purposes. And because they're my hunting buddy, I'm not going to leave my hunting buddy. But uh, anyway, for recovery purposes, especially Rip, like I said, he'll drop a nose and, and follow a wounded coyote. So uh, anyway, appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. Um, if you want to reach out, of course, I'm on Facebook, uh, Homer Janes. Uh, I also am, am the admin on the Decoy Doggers Facebook group. Um, so you can find me there pretty easily. Uh, my Instagram is out cold Idaho uh, on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, yeah, let me know what your uh, th- 
thoughts and questions and uh, appreciate you joining us on the podcast. We hope to continue this for a long time and just get conversation. I love talking decoy dogging. Uh, I've been talking for, what, 40 minutes here now. <laughs> I love talking decoy dogging just because it's so fun to me. When you see that action, there's nothing else like it, in my opinion, in, in the hunting world. And, you know, I've called in bull elk. I've seen a lot of action um, with, uh, with coyotes. There's just no comparison in my mind when you see de- decoy action happen with any other type of hunting. Um, anyway. Appreciate you joining us on the podcast today. Have a good day. Good dogs.